This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 106 with Susan Weeks. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 106. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. So normally this is the place where I read my guest's bio, but today I'm going to read just a couple sentences of Susan's bio, and then I'm going to read you the email that she sent me requesting to be a guest on the Shameless Mom Academy because it was a really good email. So Susan Weeks is a podcast producer who helps successful entrepreneur podcasts with ease. So she helps them get their podcast set up and started. She helps them do some of the production work or maybe all of the production work. She makes it so they can just turn up and talk and then she does all the rest. With a focus on podcasting and online marketing, Susan leads and enables her clients to create clarity, simplify strategy and tame technology. So that is all well and good. And Susan is fantastic at what she does. But here's the email she sent me that made me jump out of my chair and say, yes, you have to come on the Shameless Mom Academy. Sarah, I am English and I started my professional career as a programmer for Nissan. I followed a corporate IT career path and then into a fast growing startup covering over 16 years. Everything in my life seems sorted and then it wasn't. Over a very short period of time, things changed on a personal level. I discovered my husband had a long-term affair. I was burnt out and so in October of 2003, my divorce went through, my house sold. I packed up my job and I was free until two weeks later when I discovered I was pregnant with my first and only child. That was a busy month. I did some traveling, moved back to Ireland for two years, then to France and lived over there for seven years. And then my son started school. We were still in France at that time. I started to search for some income source based on my professional IT skills and experience using the internet. Job opportunities as an English expat in rural France were somewhat limited. So I set up an online marketing virtual assistant program business, and I've been busy ever since. I moved back to England in late 2013, and I've never been happier with my life as I am now. So I needed to hear Susan's story. So I love what Susan has done as an entrepreneur. I think it's great. I always think it's fabulous when you can create a life that really works around the needs of your family and really kind of suits the lifestyle that you want to live and can be flexible with the lifestyle that you want to live. Fantastic, right? But I needed to hear this story about like an upheaval in marriage and career and life and all these circumstances, and then get that all figured out and decide to move and oh, except I'm pregnant. So 
I invited Susan on the show to talk about her whole story and kind of where she's come from with that story, where she's at today. So she's going to share all of that with you. Susan's going to talk about how she dealt with her divorce, selling her house, walking away from her job and discovering she was pregnant unexpectedly all in the same month. She's going to talk about living all over Europe, living someone else's dream and losing herself in that dream. She's going to talk about the steps that she took to build an online business around her strongest personality traits and how she identified her best skill sets from her corporate experience in order to to build a business that could serve her and her son, Ryan. And she's going to talk about why being selfish in motherhood is appropriate and sometimes very necessary. So let's go ahead and dive in with Susan Weeks. Susan Weeks, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm really excited too, Sarah. It's super to speak to you. And you have to tell us where you're from because we're listening to this amazing accent. So tell us a little bit about where you're coming from today. I'm actually coming from a little town called Hornsea, which is on the East Yorkshire coast in England. So you can look me up on Google Maps and there I am. Nice, nice. And for me, it's the morning and for you, it's the evening. So we're at opposite ends of our day right now. (laughs) We are, that's right. But we're both sitting drinking tea, we confirmed (laughs) before we started recording. Absolutely. Licorice tea for me, yes. Nice. And I'm having chai teas. (laughs) So tell us more about the current state of your life in terms of your personal and professional life, a little bit beyond your bio. Okay. Well, the main highlight, I suppose, of my life at the moment is I'm very happily settled after quite an interesting, let's say, 10, you know, it's actually more than that, 12, 13 years of being abroad and all the rest of it. So I'm very happily settled now in my little seaside town as a busy single mum. And I'm kind of busy working away on my online business, really. So Yeah, I've um, niched into podcast production. Obviously, you have a podcast, so dear to your heart. And also basically helping successful entrepreneurs to, you know, manage all aspects of their online business as well. That's the the other side of things. So a lot of strategy I do with people and helping them get themselves organized online. Let's put it that way. Nice, (laughs) nice. And tell us how old is your son? Oh, he's 12. He's 13 in July. Okay. So yes, we're just starting to have those hmm, challenges about doing little jobs like cleaning shoes and washing up and things like that. (laughs) Well, when you were saying before we started recording, I said, Susan was telling me that her son is home and knows to like not bother mom while we're doing this interview. And I said, Oh, well, you have him so well trained. And you pointed out that it's actually like this is free time for him because he gets like unsupervised (laughs) screen time and like the run of the house. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. uh, bless him. He's really good. And when he sees me with the headphones going, he'll say, Oh, cool. (laughs) Mom, that's cool. You look like a gamer. Yeah, on YouTube. (laughs) I'm thinking, Oh, yes. Okay. Love Oh, that's so funny. What a fun age. Absolutely. Every age has their joys and their challenges, but I yeah. imagine 12 has got to be pretty fun and you're not totally into the thick of teenage years yet. No, no, I think we're just starting on that. But yeah, and he's quite funny actually because I'll say to him something like, now remember, Ryan, I can see absolutely everything that you do on your computer. <laughs> I know exactly what's going on. And the thing is, he knows that I do know enough to actually say that. Yeah. And then you'll then I've heard him telling his friends, oh, mum knows everything there is to know about Google and YouTube and computers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's the benefit of working in the <laughs> online space. And you also, I know you have a background working in IT and tech. So like yeah. you really can figure out where he's been. I really can. And he's at that age where he really thinks that I absolutely do know everything. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's a really great. good kind of place to be. But yeah, in terms of kind of where I'm at now, as I say, it's nice having the flexibility that the online business gives me because then I'm here to support Ryan and basically since he was born I've been there to support Ryan so you know kind of through thick and thin you know we all have our challenges don't we but it's been an absolute godsend especially being on my own as I am now then they actually the thought of yes I could go and get you know a proper job you hear mutterings don't you within family members hmm, why doesn't she go get a proper job <laughs> um, but oh crikey to have to go and do that commuting thing and put high heels and a suit on and oh, no thank you I've almost made myself unemployable I think because you know I'm just so happy doing what I'm doing now <laughs> that's what I say I say that I can't after being a business owner for 13 years or 14 years I don't think I could go back I mean as much as like paid vacation sounds nice I don't think it's worth it <laughs> So. No, no. I'm with you on that one there, Sarah. So yeah. yeah, 
there we are. That's possibly a bit of an insight into kind of what I'm doing now, basically. Yeah, where you're at. That's great. So take us back to 2003 or so before you became a mother, before Ryan was in the picture. 2003 was a very pivotal year for you. Can you walk us through a little bit about and tell us a little bit about what happened that year? Uh, right. Yes, indeed, Sarah. Okay. Well, I'll backtrack a few years before that to kind of give some sort of idea. I built up a professional career in IT, getting a job with Nissan Lab Automotive um, Make Manufacturers. And oh, do you know what? I really enjoyed the work, but I always felt like the square peg in a round hole. So, you know, nine years there, I think, fascinating work, but in terms of a personal kind of enjoyment factor. No, I was in it for getting the experience, you know, all the rest of it. Then a startup company came up to Newcastle upon Time where I was living at the time and and a group of friends were all headhunted and we finished up working with some of the large global investment banks. I helped develop a training function, actually. So we went from being in a quite a rigid corporate structure at Nissan to this very fast moving global outsourcing company where we were given so much freedom. So I was there seven or eight years, I think, basically kind of made up my own job. And I always used to say I could never have been more free unless I worked for myself. Mm. So I had the perfect thing there of, you mentioned before, paid holiday and a a constant and very, very good salary with freedom to kind of do what I want. Now, the other side of that freedom was, of course, my husband, we'd actually met at Freshers' Week at university, you know, the first week when you start university. Uh, We call it freshman orientation. So so just so everyone can connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the first week at university, we call it Freshers' Week. So it's basically quite a lot of alcohol consumed, if nothing else. (laughs) Anyway. That's about the same over here too. (laughs) Anyway, so we were a Freshers' Week romance. We stuck together. We were actually doing the same course. We got two jobs in the information systems department at Nissan. I think it was 2,000 people people applied and we got for two jobs so our lives just kept on going together and together and together we both were headhunted for this startup company so long story short we were both absolutely absorbed in our careers and we were also absolutely heading off in different directions we spent very little time together and the main thing that my world kind of came crashing down on me in about 2001 I did actually discover he was having an affair. So that was a real blow, as you can imagine. We'd been together such a long time and we're working together as well. So that kind of went along. But the thing that I've realized now is I was also mentally burnt out from work in that kind of desperate drive to kind of have it all. You finish up having very little of any value. You know, you have the monetary things, but you have no time, you have no freedom and you have no life. So it's all kind of crashing around. And the thing, you know, you get those like pivotable moments. I remember I had um, the the training team that I was developing. I'd got somebody to come and do some team development, you know, teamwork and so on with us. And at this point in time, but I didn't realize how much I was actually struggling and we had this little exercise to do where the guy said, you know, when these like uh, meet and greet things, well, right, everybody, let's kind of get, we all knew each other, but let's come up with something different. Right. Tell me what song pops into your head immediately. I've asked you what songs popped into your head. And the song that popped into my head was by a band called the Smiths. I don't know if you've ever heard yes. of them in English. In, yeah, the Smiths. So you know what their style of music's like. Yes. And they had a hit song called Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Oh, my gosh. And. That popped into my head. I said, right, Sue, you know what? I said, oh, the Smiths, heaven knows I'm miserable now. And I just broke down in tears. I said, I'm sorry, I've got to go. I ran out of the, put my coat on, picked up my bag and I said, I'm off. And I just went home and I stayed at home for about two days and just cried. I thought, what's going on here? It was horrendous. I was the training manager, of course, you know. so. (laughs) So kind of fast forward through all of that, you know, the back end of 2003, a few things happened at that point in time. So my husband and I had decided oh, the year before that, you know, we separated, decided possibly we're going off in different directions. So we had a large house to sell. So we said, right, well, obviously, until the house sells, you know, we can't kind of progress our divorce anymore. Actually, it was all very amicable anyway. We still speak and he refers clients to me and things. So That's impressive. <laughs> very nice. 
So in October 2003, there was a few things happened. So in that month, our house sale went through. So that meant, first of all, I had to find somewhere else to live. And secondly, our final divorce decree thing went through. And so then I planned that I was going to take a year out of work. You know, I had no children. I had no ties. I had money in the bank. What I needed to was kind of get my life back in order. So I decided I was going to do, um, you know, voluntary overseas, that kind of thing. I was going to go and do some volunteer work and travel and all the rest of it. I'd been seeing the guy for six months or so after I'd separated from my husband. And, you know, he was kind of in the background, rebound kind of move let's put it that way and anyway so then the final straw so not only did I get divorced moved house and packed my job in much to everyone's shock I then to my shock realized two weeks later that I was actually pregnant so there we are life's four stressful things in one month (laughs) right right and that's true that's like when you look at like research and statistics about stress it is like those are all the biggest stressors you could possibly have in your life at one time (laughs) aside from a natural disaster (laughs) Yeah, so there was no earthquakes or anything. <laughs> I did survive that. But yeah, there we are. So that's um And that you were was pregnant and task. did you know whose baby you were pregnant with right away or was that also questionable? No, no, no. no. I'm not a tart. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you say you're not a tart? I love these English words. This is so fun. So far, you've crikey and tart. I can't wait. These are all the words where I'm like, yes, I was hoping she would say that. I mean, Um, it's like um, buzzword bingo. You know, you tick off the words as she says them. Yes, (laughs) that was a good game in training classes. Yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't meaning um, to imply that you were a tart. I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew where we were at with the story. No, no, no. I had actually been separated from my husband for a year and a half by this point. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it was the new guy so it was the new guy um, who you who's, like you said was a rebound you weren't super yeah. into it it was just kind of a peripheral thing yes it, it turned around and kind of yes got me you know okay. well there's daft things at the age of 39 can you imagine how I dreaded telling my mum I was pregnant mum I'm pregnant <laughs> like as if I was 16 it was right. like, oh. oh my gosh <laughs> I just thought where's this sensible career organized person where's she gone (laughs) she's turned into something out of a soap opera it was really stressful but I can look back now and kind of laugh about it really I suppose but at the time there was nothing really very funny about it at all hey there I'm Debbie Reber the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired the mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability having ADHD being gifted autistic or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. 
you bring up such a good point that like your life, it's easy for outsiders to judge, especially when people are going through big transitions like divorce and changing careers and having babies and unexpected pregnancies and things like that. It's easy for outsiders to cast judgment on that. But it's really like it only takes a couple I mean, not little things, but it only takes one or two things happening where your whole world gets flipped upside down and you find yourself in a situation you could never imagine you would be in. Absolutely. You know, if anybody would have said who was the least likely person at the age of 39 to do all of this in a month, who would it be? I would have been the last person on the list because I was like, oh, Mrs. Sensible, you know, a good sense of humor and I had fun times and done all sorts of different things. But, you know, that kind of professional, single kind of, not single, but we used to call it dinkies, didn't they? Double income, no kids, that right. kind of yeah, that, that yeah. thing. That was us. That was me. So yeah, yeah it was um, quite a big surprise. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and walk us through the, like what happened with your relationship and how the family dynamic all played out as you were pregnant and then had your son. Right. Well, that was a very interesting time because my son's father, he was an interesting character in himself in that he is never happy where he is. I've really learned that about him now. So even then, the grass is always greener on the other side. So he was quite determined. Let's go to Spain. okay? because obviously we're still in the EU, so we can just you know, it's another, um, you know, member state. So you can actually just go and live in a different country. Yeah. And so, right, let's go to Spain. So while I was pregnant, I did actually buy a house that needed a few bits of renovations and things to be done. So I was busily getting that organized. And he went to Spain. So I used to fly down to Spain about once a month. So this is while I was pregnant. I used to fly down to Spain. And he had been in a fire service vehicle or something that he'd converted into like a motorhome, like an RV. Okay. Then he did train in for another RV. So he'd meet me at an airport. And basically in that time, I drove the entire coastline, southern coastline of Spain and finished on one journey. We went right from the very bottom of Spain, all the way along Spain, up the coast, up through France, across the channel to Ireland. And then decided, oh, actually, never mind about Spain. We'll move to Ireland and speak English there. Right. Mm. So this is like utterly random, isn't it? That's a lot. Well, like when you're <laughs> pregnant and thinking like, where am I going to have my baby and how am I going to be a mom? <laughs> yeah. So the first three months of my pregnancy, I was under the doctor where my family home, you know, where my house was. Obviously, that's sold. I moved somewhere else. Then I bought a house in a different district. So then I had my next three months with them. And then at the end of May, I drove across England and got the ferry and went to Ireland where Richard had gone and got a house sorted out for us over there. So my last three months were then under the Irish doctor at the hospital. So I had like three different sets of doctors. Well, I was, good job I was well, wasn't it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So they're the kind of details where, so while I was in the second place in Scunthorpe, I did actually go to you know maternity classes early because I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, I'd never been pregnant before, obviously. So I didn't really kind of really know some of the things I should be you know if you don't know what to worry about then you don't worry about it really so I just kind of carried on really yeah. so you bring up a good point there Sarah yeah so I did actually go through three lots of maternity care <laughs> and and then moved to Ireland so my house was all packed up everything was put in a large container and shipped over and um, yeah so then the life in Ireland began so I had Ryan, that was an emergency cesarean delivery as well. He was stuck. He was a breech baby. So I only had his dad and that was it. I didn't know anybody else there. So that was the start of my very self-sufficient journey into being a mother was not really having any help in any yeah. shape or form. So, um, yeah, that kind of makes you, I am a very independent person. Yeah, <laughs> I've I, had to be. <laughs> life, your circumstances have assisted you in that. <laughs> Absolutely. Luckily, I already was. So again, it, let's just take it all in our stride and just get on with it, really, right, I suppose. Um, right. Yeah. So how did your I, relationship evolve once Ryan had uh, arrived? Yeah. Oh, how can I describe it, really? <laughs> it was okay. It was very obsessed with house renovations and all that kind of thing. And it was a very quiet place and what I don't want to offend anybody but really we shouldn't have settled where we were it was very 
Catholic. It was a very southern island. And really, there's a lot of not a lot of love lost between the English in some areas either. So, you know, you can imagine I was this shocking English woman who turned up, had a baby, weren't married. He was like, so I can see now why I didn't have a lot of local callers. And the lady next door to me, bless her, she was really nice. She was a few years younger than me. She tried to commit suicide. Well, that's a big no-no as well. So, you know, thought she was a bit nutty, really, I suppose. So bless her, I'd I'd kind of her as my neighbour. And that was it. And then I think because I was friendly with her, then that, can't think of the word... You know, I wasn't stigmatised me, I think. Yeah, so I wasn't likely yeah. to make any more friends. Anyway, after a couple of years, Richard and I decided, no, this isn't really quite for us. And he'd got itchy feet by this point as well. A pattern I've now, you know, I then realised. So the grass was greener somewhere else. Yeah. And so then what we decided to do was just sell everything. So this is the second time at that point I'd pretty much sold everything, emptied the house and sold everything and bought a huge very expensive RV with the plan to travel around Europe. And so that'd be interesting. So yeah, we went over the channel, went to France, drove through France, went down to Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, finished up in Hungary, um, had a very interesting week at a nudist colony. There they are. That's something oh else my to gosh. make you laugh. <laughs> what an adventure. All of this sounds like an adventure, especially that part. <laughs> finished up in Hungary back to Croatia back down through back to France again up into Germany oh you name it anyways but what should have been a really fantastic adventure turned quite stressful he was quite ill and had this thing about we've got to get some miles done and I asked well, where, where the hell are we going bearing in mind at this point that Ryan was like a year and a half so he'd be kind of like stuck in his car seat in the back yeah. of the RV kind of wondering what earth was going on I think half the time <laughs> so by the age of two he was a very well-traveled child yeah. oh we were going to um, we also moving to the Dominican Republic as well before we left Ireland I'd forgotten about that and I said no that's not going to be right it's not gonna be right for Ryan so yes the eternal hunt for somewhere else to live now realizes quite a feature I think yeah. <laughs> of that yeah. particular relationship so right. um anyway so we finished up in France after all of that Sarah and randomly I just bought a house and thought, right, why not? You know, why not? Let's just buy a house and live in France. So that was the massive decision to move to France. You know, some people take years, don't they, deciding this sort of thing. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, right, okay, buy a house, yeah, fine. And I did too. So that was seven years living in France then to get your head around being an expat in a northern France in a quiet rural area. And yeah, having to do everything in French, that was interesting. I had wow. to get my French schoolgirl French back out back into my head again. So. <laughs> and were you and your husband still together at that part or had you separated? No, no, we were together. We never married. I never married number two. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You were, still, okay, yeah. you were still together at that time. Yes, yes. Yeah, we were together all that time. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So thing is, I had this thing about my dad died when I was eight. You know, my dad was taken away from me, wasn't right. he, early and when Ryan was that kind of age, I just used to think, what rights do I have to take his dad away from him? Oh. It was just a thing I had in my head. And yeah. even though the relationship was doing me no good really at all, I mean, you know, I kind of laugh about all this. You know, yeah, we did all sorts of interesting things, but the kind of relationship dynamic wasn't working in my favor. It turned quite controlling. And after a while, Sarah, I realized that me as a person, I disappeared, you know. Yeah. I was Ryan's mum and Richard's partner. And as long as I kind of agreed in anything, then everything was fine. I asserted my opinion. Then there was a massive argument, you know, so it went on. And that kind of got worse, I would say, really. So, you know, although I kind of laughing and joking made the whole thing like a really interesting kind of life journey. Yes, it was. However, over the time, you start to think this isn't for me. And, you know, we talk about the identity of being, you know, life after being a mum, etc. Then one where I suddenly realised, well, actually, I've disappeared. You know, what is my identity? I'm just Ryan's mum and Richard's girlfriend. And that's it. Me. I've disappeared. And that, that's quite a scary thing to realize, to be honest with you. And I think that's extremely common in motherhood that you mm. have to fill these certain roles. And so you do that because it's what has to get done for day-to-day life as a mom to happen and for your kids to thrive. 
And then you get to a point where you're like, whoa, like, where did I go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I think it's common, to, you know, to get to a certain number of years into motherhood and be like, I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't know what my hobbies are. I don't know what my interests are. I don't know like where my life as a mom or partner ends and I actually begin. Yeah, that's really true. And then put the background to that of this shifting, where shall we live? Right. You know, what shall we do for work? You know, when I was in France, we had five houses in seven years. Oh, my gosh. We, we were renovating them. So, you know, I was a builder's mate for quite a number of years, you know, so I could shovel concrete and hold bits of wood and all the rest of it wow. as good as anybody else could, you know, usually with a huge amount of arguing and swearing going on at the same time. <laughs> Obviously, you hadn't got the screwdriver exactly in the right angle when you yeah. wanted it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so it was just like a revolving door, I yeah. suppose, in some respects, with kind of Ryan going through nursery and going into school and so on. And then really it was that pivotal point which happens with many mothers is that your child, I already had the one, so, you know, your child goes to school. Woohoo, that's a big change, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And before we go into Ryan going to school, because I want to talk about how things evolved yeah. at that point, tell us a little bit about, so you were going through all these moves and it sounds like just so many transitions on a very frequent basis, which sounds so overwhelming, but what were some of the blessings or unexpected surprises that came out of, and when I say unexpected surprises, I mean good things, <laughs> that, that came yeah. out of that time in that period of your life that created change and growth for you? Well, I think the main thing was I took a totally different path than I ever would have done, probably under my own steam. You know, it left to my own devices. I would have probably have gone and done that year voluntary service overseas. And then I should imagine I would have gone back, back into corporate life, got a more, you know, got an even more responsible job and more stress and all the rest of it. But I didn't, did I? I was almost dragged off. That's the wrong thing to say. But I was with somebody who just couldn't settle down anywhere. So that was a big challenge for me, but I did it. And as I say, I'd always traveled. I'd traveled a huge amount before that. But here I was, you know, I traveled around Europe. I'd had houses in two different places with all sorts of different things to earn money, none of which I'd done before. So I think it made me, I was always a strong person and it just added to that in terms of, just life's experience. Um, you know, the biggest blessing was obviously having Ryan because, you know, as much as a gamer kind of jokes said, oh, crikey, that was the thing that happened, wasn't it? When, you know, <laughs> as, if, as if you weren't doing enough that month. No, you had to be <laughs> right. pregnant as well. But what a blessing because, again, you know, when is ever the right time to have a child? You know, before oh, I was too busy and all the rest of it. And then you get to 39 and you really realistically don't have much choice left do you so it was a blessing regardless of the situations you know it was a blessing having Ryan and I would never ever ever take that away from myself so you know just being a woman and a person having my son and then I guess being versatile and surviving all those different things and meeting people and seeing the fun and interesting things out of life and you know what freedom from when I look back, unhappy corporate life, you know, so those are the main kind of blessings and unexpected surprises in all of those traveling, having my child when I probably wouldn't have chosen to have one or never got round to it. Yeah. And then, you know, that very distinct move away from that overly busy, stressful kind of corporate life, which had only destroyed my personal life anyway. So <laughs> that was a blessing as well to kind of get rid of that. Right. But again, the experience of the knowledge from the IT and, and the, the different things I did, all of those are now feeding and have fed back into my life and my business now many times over, many times over. So again, a really interesting career development um, path, I would say. Yeah. As you were going through like the early years of motherhood and you were going through these different transitions, moving between countries and multiple houses within France and all that, did you have like a long-term picture in your mind of how you thought things would end up or like, how did you see your goals or kind of <laughs> prospects shifting as your life circumstances continued to change and transition? Yeah, I think I'd almost given up with long-term life goals mm. at that point. And I did wonder, what am I going to do? Where is this all going to go? And then basically, when your life choices have boiled down to 
if you're lucky, you might get a job at the local supermarket or there's definitely a job for you at the local chicken factory. At that point, you think, hang on a minute. (laughs) This is not what you went through all of those years of professional development and and career experience to get to that choice. There has to be something else that I can do. And yes, there was, of course, I had all of that experience. So what I really needed to do was take that experience. Obviously, the internet had moved on in the kind of six, seven, eight years since I'd been at work. And um, it was like, oh, wow, I can do all of these things now. It's now really feasible to have a location independent business. Even being in northern France, I can support myself and get my brain going again and do something interesting rather than go down that kind of expat route where people are you just back into manual low paid jobs because you know I could never have done the professional job I did in France because my French wasn't at that native fluency it was good and I managed but I couldn't have done the sort of work I'd done and there was nowhere to do the sort of work I'd done anyway it was farming land you know it was in a rural area so you know, that was the main thing in terms of long-term goals. I knew I had to do something, but when it gets down to, is this it, the supermarket or the chicken factory? Come on, girl, get some goals in place now and, you know, get something else, get something else going. So that was the point there. Right. So you started working online and tell us a little bit about what you, how that started out and what direction you went. Well, that was really, you know, say Ryan started nursery school. So that's you know, a catalyst that we all share, isn't it? And the other thing I, I just have to say is in, in France, the childcare is phenomenal. It's yes. ex- it's extremely cheap. So, you know, I could send him off for um, a week. In, even in the holidays, you could send them off from nine o'clock till five o'clock. Um, brilliant. Um, it was based at the local schools. Activities all day long, lunch included for the whole week was about 40 euros or something, you know. $30 wow. or something like that. It was just like oh so subsidised, so subsidised because the French government wanted working mums to go and work right. and contribute to society. So right. so that really helped as, as well, to be honest. Okay. Um, and also Ryan was a single child. So from my point of view, he's better off somewhere like that with people to play with than playing on his own all day long while mum's sitting in her office trying to get some you know work on the go. Right. So yeah, so I basically took my kind of you know, 20 years of IT experience, combined it with the internet stuff and started taking online courses um, through a whole series of strange coincidences, basically finished up on a directory, professional directory, supporting a specific software. And so people came to me. So for, for many years, I was providing video marketing and online marketing services and strategy and so forth. And I didn't really even have to do any marketing. You know, people came to me because I was on this particular directory. So people would, you know, buy the software, sign up for the subscription. It was quite expensive. And then think either, oh, where do I start? I don't know what to do. Or, oh, well, I've no intentions of starting. I want somebody else to do it for me. You know, so that's how my, my online career kind of took off. But the actual job I was doing kind of boiled down very similar to the corporate job I'd been doing before. I mean, I'd had a virtual team. I I had a team of trainers across the country um, in my second job. So it didn't matter where I was because my team and I were in different five different locations. So I was already used to, uh, I worked for an outsourcing company. So I was already used to working with people you know, via telephone and, well, we didn't have things like Skype and all the rest of it. So it was just, you know, phones, video conferencing didn't really exist. So I already had the skills. It was kind of applying it. And lots of people found that very attractive, that here was somebody who's put the time in, you know, knew all about corporate IT and systems and testing. And so if I say something's working, it's really working because I know how to test and I know how to organize projects and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a lot of people kind of, I think as you will say, hang up your shingle. Oh, okay, I'm going to be a VA now. Never been a VA before, but hey, I am one now. And right. you can kind of tell. For those who don't know, a VA is a virtual assistant just to connect, Sorry, yeah. to connect those yeah. dots for people. Yeah. So it's easy for people to kind of set up in those. So I was quite attractive in that. Here's this person with this massive corporate experience who normally you would not expect 
to then suddenly decide they're going to work online and right. do something totally different. You know, it's not the classic job progress, uh, right. career path, is it? But so that's gone really well, to be honest, Sarah. You that's know, good. and that's the and beauty again, of the internet is that you can take absolutely. those. And I think so much, especially for moms, that you can take those skill sets that you would norm and historically have had in an office environment, and you can put them in an, the online space and really build your own a lifestyle around that, which I think is so that, powerful. It's absolutely amazing. When I was so much younger, it just wasn't possible. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have a, an audience of far younger mums than me. Um, but the opportunity that is there for people now, having a child doesn't have to halt your career, you know, and it doesn't have to be a struggle. You know, the thought of having had to have carried on with my career, like some of my friends did, where, you know, we started at eight o'clock in the morning when we was at Nissan and worked through till five, trying to get childcare and so on, you know, leaving the house at 6.30 in the morning. A child doesn't fit into that environment, does it, Sarah? And I think right. it's it's horrible for the mums and it's horrible for the children. So to have the opportunity of the internet now to do so much, I think it's just amazing. It, it really is. Yeah. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So tell us, I know you sent me this amazing information. We were kind of going back and forth about talking points for this interview. And you brought up the topic of personality type. And as I'm listening to your story um, and knowing what you sent me about your personality type, I'm so fascinated by this. So tell us a little bit about the work that you've done with personality typing and how you've kind of learned to see your strengths. Because I think this is something that, um, and for those of you who haven't done any personality typing, there's tons of different, you can do Myers-Briggs and you can do... Oh, what's the other one I just did recently? I'm spacing on it. But if you just Google personality tests, you can find just out loads, all sorts isn't of there, yeah. <laughs> There's no like right or wrong. There's some no, that are more no. well known. Um, what's so fantastic about knowing some of these, going through some of these tests is that you can see where your biggest strengths are and then you can build work around that, which is definitely what you've done. So tell us a little bit about how, what you learned about yourself and how you've used that in your business. Yeah, I mean, I know part of your, you know, the mission for the Shameless Mum Academy is basically helping mums develop their identity after yeah. motherhood. And yeah, it can be such a massive change. Now, this issue about the personality things is right back when I was at university, I remember we did um, some teamwork um, profiling um, from a guy called Belbin Team Rules. And that was the first time I'd had any of that sort of thing done. And I came out very strongly, totally extreme, two things, which was what they called chairman and also a shaper. You know, a shaper being somebody who shapes the direction of where they're going and the team and all the rest of it. So oh, that's quite fascinating. So a strong then, leadership. That would be strong a leadership. Yeah, strong leadership. And and then the second, oh, and then there was that. Then what came in third was also complete a finisher. You know, I like to finish things off. That's really important in the work I started doing online. But so there's those three. 
you know, working in IT, you get tested to death every time you kind of go for a new role, um, a lot of aptitude stuff. And again, I used to come out and I've seen the results of some of these things. It's either black or white with me. There was no kind of gray fuzziness in the middle. Absolutely not. It was one thing or the other. Interesting. Always very strongly on the kind of kind of leader, that kind of thing. And then recently I've done a few more, you know, there's a lot of these online tests and people have um, created their own proprietary tests. But in a nutshell, there's another one I came out classified as Lord. And then another one came out about two, three months ago, Ruler. And I thought, well, this is quite a laugh, isn't it? So here I am. I'm a Lord. I'm I'm a Lord. I'm a ruler. I'm a chairman. I'm a shaper. These are all but, like strong, powerful, strong, strong, strong yeah. big well, leadership as you can, roles. And as you can probably understand from sharing my nutty story, what was the thread through all of that? Strength. Yeah. You know, if I had the strength, that personal strength, then I really don't know how it would have all finished up. But, right. you know, it's that strength between it all. And the thing what only a few months ago, I was, you know, you're always working you're the same in, in your online business and how you're going to attract your ideal clients and who is your ideal client and what it is about you that you offer to your clients. It's all back down to this personal identity kind of thing. And as we laughingly said, you know, through my kind of periods in France and stuff, where had I gone? What was my identity? I disappeared. But I've realized that this leadership thing, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. And the best, the most attractive thing that I realized I offer to my clients because of this was that leadership strength, but leadership in supporting them, leadership in taking the stress away from them and saying, it's okay. You can relax. You can leave things. I'll pick up the slack. I'm here to do all that for you. I'll get your podcast up and running. Don't worry about it. And so it changed that definition of leadership on its head, really. So it's leadership, but in in a supportive way. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of what I've realized in terms of my identity. And certainly after the kind of motherhood and the adventure I've had, how that actually helps my clients. And, and I just thought if, if other kind of younger mums and people wondering, well, who are they now that they've got a young family? Where have they disappeared to? And if you are developing some kind of online business, that might be a, you know, a thing to think about is, you know, do some of these different tests and, and turn it on its head. And how can you take those strengths and turn them as an advantage for your client? Because that's what it's all about. It's about them, isn't it? It's not right. about us. Right. So. I think that's, you make a really great point with that. And I think that the significance of understanding your strengths so that you can build around them is so powerful. And I know that, I mean, that was a huge thing when I decided to start the podcast that I had been blogging before, which I'm also, not to toot my own horn, I'm, I can be a good blogger, but mm-hmm. I knew that for like the amount of time that I had to put into this new project and for my biggest like bang for my buck, that speaking would actually be a stronger, faster way for me to reach people than writing Absolutely. because I'm a slower it writer is. and like endless self-editor. So it takes me a lot. Yeah. I'm very much more perfectionistic. <laughs> when I speak, I'm not a perfectionist. I just am like, I'll just put it out there. It's fine. So- exactly. And that's the fantastic <laughs> thing about podcasting. And you have summed it up in a nutshell there, Sarah, is yeah. yes, it's a fabulous way to quickly create interesting content. Can you imagine trying to write what we've just talked about for the last 40 minutes? It's impossible, honestly. I actually, I took transcripts from a show one time and I was like, oh, "Oh, I'm just going to put this transcript like into a blog post and it was a 30 minute transcript. No, don't. Oh, it was horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) It was so bad. And I thought, I realized like how conversationally I speak and so, and it doesn't carry over to writing. And so- I also talk fast. So the amount of information I can get in 30 minutes, I mean, it's hours of typing and editing. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. Like that is yeah, not it, my strength. So, yeah. it, tot- it totally is. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a really good point as well. And it, it brings your, your personality back to personality and identity. Yeah. It's a really good way of bringing it through as well right. in a, just a lovely way, I think. So you work primarily in your current online space, you work primarily with people who are starting out as podcasters or trying to like look into maybe how, what direction they would go with podcasting. Is that correct? Yes, it's a bit of both, really. It's very much from a strategic point of view. So, yeah, I mean, I've worked for a long time with a cosmetic dermatologist. So he's a real thought leader in his area globally, actually. So, 
you know, the, my thing is I just say, just turn up and talk and I'll do all the rest. So you know, he does his recordings. That's it. I do everything else. Like all the content creation, the kind of very in-depth show notes and press releases and the blog posting and just all of it. But if people are just wondering how to get started with podcasting, again, typically people who've already got some kind of, you know, good following behind them or authors, you know, podcasting and and having a book go together beautifully. So in that case, then I would enable them to sort the strategy out first. You know, that's the biggest kind of pointer to success, I believe, with podcasting and anything online is really get that strategy sorted out. So it's getting the strategy going and then the kind of the technology and the bits and pieces, you know, that all kind of falls into place. But I would also mentor and coach people so if somebody still wants to do the nuts and bolts themselves but really don't know what so I'm cutting the learning curve down for people as well so it's just that flexible approach really Sarah so you know even an established podcaster may decide you know what you know they might have been doing it all themselves and no I don't want to do it myself anymore then you know I I can kind of take over as well so it's those kind of areas and of course there are some people who've had a podcast and they've kind of fallen out of love with it and it's gone by the wayside a bit and needs a bit of a revamp so again back to the strategy and you know how to get that going again and maybe change direction or you know that sort of thing so that's my main kind of focus is um is is definitely in that space nice I know that when I started out and People, listeners of the show have probably heard me talk about this before, but I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I knew I wanted to outsource production. I did not want to do my own editing because I just don't have the time to do it with my (laughs) other work. And then I also knew that I needed someone to keep me accountable. So I actually hired someone to just help me. I knew, and I also knew there was a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't even know yet what I didn't know. So I hired someone to, he took me through like, it was like the eight week lead up to the launch. And it was like, here's what we're doing this week. And it was a lot of like figuring out what are you going to talk about? How are you going to frame it? Like, what do you really love talking about? Don't just talk about something that's easy for you to talk about. Talk about something that you really want to talk about for a long time. And so like, I'm a gym owner in Seattle. I could talk about my Mm -hmm. fitness and things like that all day long. But I've talked about it for 13 years at this point. I would love to talk about something more. It's, than it's, it's got a shelf life, hasn't yes. it? You know, just yeah. say this. You want something that can change and evolve over over time with right. you. And so, so that process you went through, Sarah. That's basically you know the service and processes that I offer as, right. as well. It's that same kind of thing. And so. it's so helpful to have someone yeah. else. Like you can't sit in an office by yourself or sit anywhere by yourself and figure that all out to the same extent as you can with another person. Just having oh no it's and it's such a waste of time as well right so yeah I ended up getting so much done in that eight weeks and that it kind of scared me I was like oh my gosh like I'm actually really doing this now and it (laughs) helped oh no here comes launch day yes and it (laughs) kept me very accountable and I think if I had been doing it on my own it would have been really easy to be like oh I'll just get to that next week and like keep putting things off I probably still wouldn't have a podcast but with Josh helping me he was like here's the timeline here's launch day I mean the first time we talked he was like okay how about March 15th for a launch day and I was like okay I guess I was scared. So, but I mean, it happened. Like, and that would have never happened if it was just me by myself. It was, That's I needed someone to say, true. this is yeah. what we're doing. And like you said, like knowing strengths to have some, you know, for you to be someone who can guide people because you have those roles as the Lord and the shaper and the ruler and knowing that those are your personality strengths and and that's how you use them in your work, then you can gently nudge people in that direction and be like, I'm telling you, you know, I'm guiding you like in the direction you need to go to make this successful. And I think that that is such a valuable service. That's it in a nutshell, really. It's that yeah. kind of gently guiding, but also say, hey, come on, you know, right. enough of the excuses. Let's get on with it. Right. But do you know what? I need to hire myself because I've got a, a kind of a hobby podcast that I'm kind of trying to get going, um, which is just to do with um, with textile art, actually. Oh. And that's already slipped its, um, its launch date because <laughs> the people who I was trying to interview, textile artists before Christmas, they all got busy with Christmas and then oh. everyone was ill. And it was like, oh, do you know what? Just stop trying to don't stress about it you know trying to get the interviews scheduled right. just wait till after christmas well here we are it's now the 7th of december <laughs> 7th of february so i need to kind of get that back on track right so, uh, right but uh, yeah that's so that's that's quite funny isn't it it's the same it old is, story yeah oh, oh my gosh it's so yeah it's like you can hold everyone else's feet to the fire <laughs> yes, but you need to hire someone to hold yours to the fire. yes yes <laughs> So I want to shift back. I just have just a couple more questions for us to wrap up. Shifting back into motherhood a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your most proud accomplishment as a mom. 
I think definitely showing my son that there is a world out there and life is not just about a nine to five job in one place, you know. Um, I mean, he does actually struggle with memory retention. So sadly, he's forgotten a lot of the things that he did when he was so small. Um, you know, by age nine, he'd celebrated Christmas in five different countries. Wow. So, um, but he still talks to me now about, you know, being in France. And obviously, he, was, he went through, you know, primary school in France, pretty much. So um, it's showing him that there is another way. And even now, as we were saying, you know, his mum works at home. His mum, you know, puts her headset on and looks really cool, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he knows that to get the money to go to the supermarkets, to buy the food, etc., I'm doing it via the computer. I don't think he totally understands what earth I really do. But, you know, he understands that there is a different way and that I don't set off to work and come back late and he doesn't have to kind of fend for himself or he doesn't have to go into any kind of, you know, childcare type thing. So that's my proudest achievement is to have navigated my son through that interesting, changeable kind of first few years in a positive light that there is there are other things that you can do, especially now in regards to technology. And there is a whole wide world out there. We don't just have to stay in the same place. So that about sums it up, I think. We should complete the story as well. So you ended up as you are currently a single mom. So you and, and Ryan's father did not stay together. And how long ago did that relationship dissolve? Uh, right. Well, as we was kind of leaving France, there was another twist the tale that Mr. Itchy Feet decided that Belize in Central America would be a good place to go. So I kind of half went along with it. We did actually buy another house over there and he spent a year living in Belize. And so I was a year living in France with Ryan on my own. And I just thought, wow, actually, this is what I want. This is far better. So I then kind of made, we had them five weeks out there, out Mm -hmm. in Belize. And I decided, no, I don't want that expat lifestyle anymore. You know, there's no difference between being with a load of half-retired English expats as there are between a load of half-retired American expats, which is obviously what you get in Central America. Right. So, no, that's it. I'm going back to England. I'm taking Ryan with me. Kind of, you can do what you want almost. He did actually come back and it was a massive challenge trying to coordinate the sale of the house in Belize plus the sale of the house in France to coordinate. And I did actually, you know, about setting intentions and so on. I did actually just say in the February, in September, Ryan will be starting school in England. And that is what's going to happen. And everyone was saying, you can't say that. I said, I am. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. Wow. All the hurdles that were there in front of us, I did actually manage to. I even sold the house myself as well to French people via an advert on their equivalent of eBay. So, you know, it was a massive change. But And that's what happens when you don't give yourself a plan B. Yes. <laughs> like you're, just, yeah. you're like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this, this is it. It, yeah. it has to work. This right. is it. And I also then chose where to come back to. Most people don't choose where they live, do they? They drift mm. because of one reason or another. I chose this town. I, I had no connection with this town whatsoever other than I quite fancied being by the sea and I had enough money to buy a property here without having to get a corporate job and commute and mortgage and all the rest of it. So, you know, I was kind of fortunate in that respect. So I chose to be here because of the kind of lifestyle and I didn't need to commute anywhere because I had my online business so that closed that kind of circle and crikey I've been (laughs) talking a long time but um you know that in a nutshell is I am just so happy to be back and I am now you know busy with the community I'm kind of a scout leader and I was involved as a school governor for a while and all these community things that really I don't really have a huge amount of time to do but um, (laughs) it's part of life and again it's part of showing Ryan that you know there's things that we do in the community for our own good and for the good of other people and just to be just be part of things you know that's you know an important thing but um yeah so his dad actually did come back to England although he didn't want to and he's still here and he's still relatively local he's actually married um and so you know we Ryan does see him every every fortnight every two weeks um but it's a bit of a strained relationship and his dad's never quite got over the fact that I just wouldn't be controlled anymore 
I am doing my own thing now and that's it, you know. So he's, he's kind of repeating the pattern with somebody else now, I have to say, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. So you've kind of answered this already, but let's go ahead and we'll, we'll do our final question here. This will be a good way to sum it up. Tell us how you're a shameless mom. Oh, a shameless mom. Well, do you know mm-hmm. what? I think the main thing is that although I have my child and I love him to bits, then I deserve a life too, you know? Oh, I love so, that self-care is very important and I lost sight of that for a number of years and when I just suddenly woke up and said that's it I'm going back to England then with all the pitfalls in front of me from doing that I did it anyway so you know it's that self-care is very important and setting boundaries and that's the other thing when you've got an only child and you've spent so much time with that child then setting boundaries is very important. So one thing that we do have is, is for example, he's been with his dad at the weekend and I've been doing my thing for the weekend. The Sunday night is a time to kind of chill out and regroup. He likes to go back in his bedroom and play with his toys and have his peace and quiet. And so it's do your own thing night. Mm-hmm. Well, are we doing do your own thing night? Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Which I, I want to have I that. Do your own <laughs> thing night. Yeah, it's do your own thing night. And so he appreciates mm-hmm that as well um you know so I hope that doesn't make me sound selfish I'm not at all but just sometimes you have to have that boundary that you've got some time to do what you want just like your children like to have that time they don't need to be overscheduled either do they they need to have that breathing space to just go and play with lego or draw or do whatever but you know so there does that make me a shameless mum I just go ahead and go ahead and do things anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So this has been so fun, Susan, and I love listening to you talk and I'm fascinated by your story. Can you tell us where people can find you? Probably the best way you can find me in LinkedIn. I think you'll have these links anyway. LinkedIn, you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page on there called Podcast Progress. And my website is podcastprogress.com. So that's, you know, we can find out a bit more about me and my podcasting services. And there'll be a couple of, if you want to include them, a couple of kind of free offers that I've put together, which may just help people to decide if podcasting's for them. I've got a planning kit. And also I'm really into planning and time management and Trello, which is a brilliant online tool that a lot of people, especially when you're trying to set setting up, trying to get yourself organized, brilliant for organizing your family as well. So oh, I've nice. done a couple of... Um, little videos and a board to copy if that would be of any interest to somebody to just help organize yourselves really because that's key thing that I find with all of this is when you're single mum and no matter how many children you've got you're trying to run your business then planning and organization is key so you'll find the details I'm sure you'll put those in very the, cool um, yeah and the- you sent me the link so I have all yeah. for on the show notes here so if, if our listeners if you guys want to go to shamelessmom.com and then go to this will be episode 106 and you can click on there'll be a link for the podcast launch planning kit that Susan has put together and there's also going to be a link for using the 12 week year with Trello um, and the 12 week year is based on a book by Brian Moran and so yeah and that's links to all of that over book. there yeah, so I have not read kinda... that book. I'm going to have to order it. Oh, honestly, it's a really, really good book. I read it about a year ago and it's okay. just fantastic because oh, all cool. of the longer term projects that you want to do, you just run out of time and never get them done. Right. And that is a fantastic way to do that. And it really helped me uh, over a year ago to shift emphasis put in place some of the longer term changes that I wanted to make and do it in a very mindful and organized way so I've just found that to be absolutely invaluable it may appear while you're reading it to be quite corporate but believe me it it fits in with kind of anyone's life really but it's honestly Sarah you know it's very readable as well so I I can't I can't can't witter on about that enough (laughs) (laughs) great well I will have links to all of that over in the show notes so Susan thank you so much for spending time with us and come back again soon when you have new things to share we would love to have you back and love to hear more and I just really appreciate you being here today oh it's been absolutely wonderful Sarah I hope I've either made people laugh (laughs) and um, hopefully made your listeners realize that there are things that you can do as a mum even when you're pregnant you know it's there's lots and lots of opportunity and there's more opportunity now than there ever has been. So if if I could do it bumbling about in France in a rather chaotic kind of way for a number of years, then, you know, the, the, the opportunities are there and just take them, 
take them with both hands, grab them and, and go for it is my thing now, I would say. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for spending time today with Susan and I in the Shameless Mom Academy. Remember that any links mentioned and any means of contacting and reaching out to Susan can be found if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 106. So please feel free to hop over there for any resources that we mentioned. Additionally, if this is your first time in the Shameless Mom Academy, please know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can subscribe so you are notified as soon as they are released if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That link will take you to a place where you can subscribe and get all of our episodes as soon as they're released. And you can also leave a review while you're there, which I would be so excited and grateful for. So thank you for spending time with us today. I know you learned a few things. I know I learned a few things and I'm very excited to connect with you again in just a few days. Remember, you can always stay in touch via social media over on Instagram and Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. And until next time, make sure no matter what you do today, you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking